DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We are joined by Craig Bowlerjack. He's on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Lease any phone and get an iPad or a Samsung Tab A for $99.99. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Hi, Craig. Hey, PK. DJ, how are you? <laughs> well, the Jazz have lost four in a row and nine of 13, so it's uh, the mood's a little down, Bowler. <laughs> Oh, people, the mood is down. People yes. are looking for yes. answers, and you're Craig Bullerjack. The only positive is I've, I get a chance to run into you two at shoot-arounds <laughs> on occasion yep. when you guys decide to drop by for a visit. I'm not showing up anymore. Forget that. <laughs> you're done. Yeah. It's too gloomy. Stay away, PK. <laughs> his, his purple hoodie took its first loss of the year. Uh, he wore it for the Celtic game for good luck, and it, it only worked for three quarters. It didn't have four quarters of strength in it. You know, I'm, I'm kind of superstitious, too. I, I've worn a couple of uh, ties that have brought good luck. You know, good luck in the past. I wore a... You know how Lima dresses to the nines, you know, with the vests. And I tried the vests. The other night that didn't work, so I don't know. I need new ideas on, you know, how to how to turn this around. But I guess really it comes down to playing playing solid team basketball. And you know, even the, the you know the locker room was a little bit more on the positive end last night. Um, but yet you lose. Uh, they thought they made progress defensively, DK and DJ. But again, you lose. Um, and my thought is, I asked Matt this last night. As athletes at high levels, which which is what this is at this in the NBA, is how much has this become now the fight through mental anguish, doubt, and you know I he really thought that was an interesting question because we always talk about ninety percent mental, ten percent is the physical part. I just wonder if the Jazz maybe aren't on the flip side of that right now because I think it's kind of it does seep in to you where you do make uh, instead of just playing your game you think too much and maybe that's where the Jazz are right now uh, and I'm trying to find uh, rotations last night with Royce coming back in as a, as a defender played well got some big shots scored you know the offense <clears throat> he helped jump start, jump start a little bit but uh, the fourth quarter it wasn't the third quarter this time it was the fourth quarter uh, that uh, seemed to be the, the difference maker in this game yeah, as I look at these four games post All Star break, uh, one thing on this several things, but one thing that jumps out at me is Bogdanovich hasn't gotten going, and he's yeah. got to get going because he is the most capable of being the second best scorer offensively behind Mitchell. Mitchell was, you know, loved his mindset. I'm just gonna, if we're going down, I'm going down fighting, and I loved it. And Bogdanovich. Since the All-Star break, he's just not played well. They've got to find a way to get his confidence level going. He just, In my mind, he just needs a single breakout game, and then it can come back. It's not like it's gone forever, but it needs to come back. I think that's the difference. Him going 1 of 8, 0 for 4 from 3, and only scoring 3 points, I just don't think you're going to win very many games as he's playing like that. Yeah, no, he, he's uh, – and Joe, I would throw in that mix as well, PK. Those, those two – uh, give the Jazz a lot of fight, a lot of emotion. Joe, as we know, crafty and a guy that uh, gets in the heads of a lot of uh, his opponents. And, you know, that's kind of the way the Jazz play. Joe Joe is really, in my book, a lot of the heart and soul of this team, especially on the defensive end. Uh, you know, he's a lot, there's a lot of trust there with his teammates, a lot of trust with Quinn Snyder. 
Joe has struggled, uh, and Bogey, I think, is the other part of that equation as well. How about I would never have thought in the four games he's three of uh, seventeen from outside, and last night gave the Jazz, you know, all of three points and four rebounds in you know thirty four minutes. So, you know, those are keys. I mean, those guys, this team. You know, has a lot of integral parts and a lot of emotional parts that go with it. And right now, uh, it's just fractured. And I think you're right about, you know, the the Bogdanoviches, the Joe Ingles. They seem to be just mentally in a disconnect. And hopefully you can regain. It may be as simple as you said to break out, but you, you have to see the ball go in. And it has to happen early. I think once you get into that, oh, no, not again, uh, kind of mode. I felt that last night for Bogdanovich. I really did. Emotionally, I just felt like he, that first shot didn't go in, and then it kind of just, you know, avalanches the rest of the way. So I think I surprised a little PK a little bit when I said this, but I think that guys are second guessing themselves as to when to throw the ball to Rudy and when not to. And yeah. they clearly missed him several times when he was open in the second half of the game, but I thought that was because Rudy didn't catch a couple of passes. Well, he didn't catch a pass from Mike Conley in the first quarter. I think it was late first quarter, and it went right, right through his hands it. and out of bounds, right? And there was another right. time before that where he got caught underneath the hoop, wasn't quite sure what to do, got stripped, turned the ball over, and then the Celtics knew, well, we got to step on you, we're going to beat you down the court and get a fast break bucket. And they did that, and I thought the body language when they got that bucket was kind of like, oh, man. So are you seeing a lot of this, too, as far as second-guessing and, and when do they trust Rudy and when they don't? And he didn't have that many touches, yes. and he had four turnovers. Yeah, I mean, Rudy's a guy that wants touches. He made that declaration before the All-Star break. You know, he wants to be more involved in the offense. He took four shots last night and made all four, and we know what he does. I mean, he's a guy at the rim, you know, leads the league in dunks. But the other part of it, too, is Joe is, is a player that seems to be – has been um, – Defensively, they exile him from this from from the rotation of how the Jazz play. And what I mean by that is they crowd him on the three point line and the passes to Rudy as they continue to spread the floor. It's more difficult. It's a longer pass, a higher, a longer lob pass. Which again, and with hang time, from what I've seen, is that then equates to more opportunity to turn the ball over. And Rudy had four turnovers last night, and you mentioned two of them. And I again, it's it's such a you know, the spacing on the floor for Gobert is so important. You cannot put it at his hip. You can't put it at his at his number. It has to be above most, you know, everybody on the floor. And those are difficult passes to to, to, be, to, to, to be an expert at. And Joe is one of those guys that has that, con- that, that connection with Rudy. And I think Gobert really depends on Joe a lot on the floor offensively. And when Ingles can't deliver, I think I think Rudy suffers, and that's what again I, I saw a lot last night. Conley has played not as much with Gobert, obviously, and I think that comes into play at times on timing. Um, again, he was you know play with Gasol, who was a pick and pop guy. Rudy is at the rim, and so I think Joe understands his game uh, and as best as best as anybody on that team right now. And I think if if Joe can't deliver that ball to Rudy, then Gobert struggles. And I think, again, we saw that last night. Do you have any idea why they decided that uh, Conley was going to come off the bench? And according to himself, when he, you know, when he, he took a nap, he thought he was coming off the bench. And then when he woke up, he was told he was starting. Why this flip-flop? 
You know, I I kind of reached out and talked to a couple of players last night, and I think they were basically, and Royce O'Neal said the same thing. Look, he, he said, I heard I was, you know, going to start. I thought for it was going to be, you know, Mike uh, was going to come off the bench, and then Quinn and the staff made a decision to go the other way and go with Joe. So uh, there wasn't much of an explanation, except I think it had to be a gut feel from Quinn uh, to decide after that uh, shoot-around and the declaration that it was going to be Conley coming off the bench that they decided to turn it around the other way. I don't know if it was matchups, PK, or if it was a fact that maybe he just didn't feel comfortable with him running or being part of the second unit with not a lot of options offensively. So that's kind of an internal decision. And uh, one, I think the team just decided to, hey, whoever plays, plays. And, you know, and Quinn's always been the one, too, PK, that says that this is all fluid. Uh, we as media and fans put a lot of stock into who starts, and I get that. Uh, and a lot of players put stock into it, right? And their agents as well. So the explanation really is one behind closed doors. And I, I did not get the final answer on, on, the, on that decision. But it may have just been as simple as just a decision, a gut feel to say, I'm more comfortable with this than I am with that, so let's make the change, and that's what uh, that's what the Jazz did. Do you wish they were just going on the road right now, that maybe they need to shake <laughs> it up and they need to not play in front of their own fans and hear the groans and all that stuff? Uh, I think that's playing uh, the head games are there. I do. Uh, look at Hayward last night. Uh, comes back, and every time he touched the ball, you know the booze just erupted from the from the arena, not just in the first quarter, but all the way to the to the end of the game. And I, I look back and I look at his his box score last night too. And you know Hayward's had a career year uh, from the floor in field goal percentage, and last night he's four twelve and just didn't seem to be connected at all. And I think again it goes back to you know thinking too much and hearing. You know athletes will tell you. And, and you guys both played at, at different levels, right? I mean, competitively, I don't care if it's Little League or, or high school or college or the pros. You know, when you're playing well, you really don't hear the crowd because you're just so focused within. But I think Hayward was a, an example last night as the Jazz where you hear those things. You know, you're not as connected with yourself. And Hayward heard that crowd. You know he did. And I think his performance showed and, of course, the Jazz hear the moans and groans, DJ, as you just said. And I think that's where we get into that discussion of where are they mentally and how much is this? They, they fight through this, uh, the mental side of the game. And I think Harper and Big T, both former players, agree that that's really kind of where the Jazz are now, making baby steps a little bit last night. But to turn this thing around, you simply got to push through and win. If not, you're slip-sliding away, and all of a sudden you go from a two-seed before the all-star break and you wake up this morning at, at the sixth spot and right behind you is Dallas and the games are starting to kind of click away at a, at a fast pace and you've got one more at home before you hit the road as you said and you you play Cleveland you go to New York uh, both teams in a big way struggle this year um, and of course you fin- you go to Boston and then you finish up in Detroit those potential wins there and the Jazz have played very well on the road most, most of this season so Another test comes their way here uh, before you know it. I don't buy it, but 
our listeners keep asking us about this. Do you think there's any locker room issues? You know, PK, that may be the million-dollar question because on the surface I say no. But when I think I put myself in locker rooms that I've been involved in, and when you have strife, you have, I think, good competitive dialogue. But I don't think there's a fracture or break or a distrust. I think, you know, that that if you're up, you better be upset. So there the uh, the way you're playing. So maybe a fine line of where you walk if you're still together. And I believe they are. But I still think there's there's been discussions. There has to be. I hope there have been uh, on who we are, where we're going, and what role I take, and who are you. I mean, those are all things that are are maybe are healthy. But you can't let it get overboard and start to fracture relationships. And I don't feel that's happened, PK, in my book. And again, the doors close for a reason to let teams cool off in that cooling off period before the media is let in. And a lot of things happen you know, before we get a chance to see them, as you guys know. So I don't sense it, but I know there's got to be uh, just the natural – way people work is that there's these guys aren't happy and if you're a jazz fan you hope that's the case because they're fighting to get better and figure this thing out if they were just walking out with a smile on their face and saying look we'll get it we'll work on it tomorrow i'd be more concerned but i think as competitive as this team is and as strong as they are as as a team concept together I think they're still trying to figure this thing out, which is really kind of odd to say, too, right? With with 25 or less than 25 games to play, you hope that this had happened, you know, in game 20. And here we are uh, with a fourth of the season left, and uh, there's still conversation about we have to figure this out. And that's I think that's the most disturbing part about it. Bowler, thanks. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you again next Absolutely. week. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Craig Bowler, Jack, TV voice of the Utah Jazz.